Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. Well, good morning and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. Today, we are having a fabulous conversation on the show today. And I just want to thank you for joining us on the Money Advantage. If you are in a position where maybe you are saying, hey, it is the beginning of a brand new year and I want to be in a position of figuring out my finances in a different way maybe than I have in the past. And maybe you're in entering into this conversation or you're asking questions like, how can I make sure that I keep as much of my money as possible? How do I make sure that I am preparing for the future? How do I make sure I have the most income possible in the future? How do I make sure I protect my money? And how do I actually get into cash flowing investments like real estate and businesses so that I can build what many people would call passive income? We usually call it asset-based income. But maybe you're asking different questions specifically because it's a brand new year. I love New Year's and I love having conversations that are bringing in a new area or having traction and growth in a new area of your life. So today we're having a great conversation with another of our amazing advisors. This is Scott McCright. We're entering in this conversation with, and so you see a new face on the show today. And one of the reasons that I love Scott is that he is, he's been in financial services for over 27 years, right, Scott? Yeah, that's correct. And so he's just got a lot of experience and knowledge and wisdom that he has been able to share with clients over all of those years. And I really like the way that he is almost an engineer financially, thinking about how to maximize someone's full financial potential. And so we're going to kind of dig into what that exactly means today and really zoom out big picture, not just into specific products or how specific products work today. We're going to really step back to the big picture of your entire financial life and say, how do I maximize my financial potential? How do I maximize my income? How do I maximize my assets? How do I maximize my protection? How do I maximize my income in the future as well? So um, if you are in a position where you're afraid of those things not happening or um, thinking about, you know, a lot of people don't accumulate all of the assets they want to, they don't have the income they want to, they have their money eroded too quickly, that doesn't have to be you. Today is a way for you to think differently. So Bruce, I wanted to just introduce you as well as we're starting on the show here. And I know you and Scott have known each other for a long time. So I just wanted to kind of get your perspective as we jump into the show today. Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah, Scott and I know each other. I, I, I don't know the, the exact date, but I think probably for close to 10 years. And we kind of run around in the same like-minded circles. Um, and and we've, we've talked over the years and uh, we're so glad that Scott can, can join our group. And, and here's the reason why I think, um, you know, what I've learned over my career is, you know, you can talk to a family that is looking for advice and you can talk to them like, you know, you're, you're the financial professional and uh, they need to listen to you and you have all the, you know, the knowledge and uh, we will take care of you. Don't worry about anything. Or you can talk to them like they're a good friend, mm-hmm. you know, and here's what I would do as a, a a member of your family. Here's a, here's what I would do as a a good friend of yours and just have open and honest conversations. And hopefully that's what I try to do. Uh, Hopefully that's what we try to do in this podcast. And this is what I believe a hundred percent that Scott does with his clients. 
is he just he just considers everybody a good friend of the family or or almost like family and that is why he connects so well to each other so this is going to be a nice little um, insight to uh, Scott's wisdom and and his knowledge that he's built up over these years and and how he communicates to uh, friends and fam or people like their friends and family. Oh, Bruce, that's awesome. So Scott, thank you so much for just joining us on the conversation today. I know this is something that's a, a little bit of a different format and you're usually involved and really invested in the client conversation. And this is not quite the client conversation yet, but let's just share, what do you normally share with clients about how you got into the industry or what interested you in financial services to begin with? Um, well, I was in the Navy for a number of years and a lot of my family has worked in the financial industry in one fashion or the other, uh, insurance work, uh, asset-based stuff. So I think I kind of had the road sort of paved, oh, that's if you nice. will, for, you know, to get on at some point. And um, I, I came into the business in 1993 as an insurance person. Oh, okay. And I learned very quickly that I, I wanted to do way more than just insurance for my clients. And so I got familiar. the That happened oh, to me yeah. too. <laughs> oh yeah. So I got the securities licenses and everything in place. And it, it wasn't very long after that that I figured out, hey, there's there's a problem here. Mm. And the problem that I was seeing is that is everybody really truly supposed to do the same thing? Is that really what's out there? Mm. And so I kind of joined hands, you know, with a number of people back then uh, to learn better ways to go about doing things. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you said that you found that, there had to be something different because it seemed like everyone was being told to do the same things. And I think that's kind of why a lot of people are frustrated because they're told this is the way that you just put your money into a 401k at your job, as much money as possible. You just build up that 401k, you tax defer as long as possible. You stay with the market, you ride it out. It might go up, it might go down. You might be in control. You might be out of control. Who knows if you're going to end up with what you want in the future and then try to make sure that you don't run out of money when you're taking your retirement income, right? And that's not working for many, many people. Correct. So kind of what do you see, Scott, just in your, in your experience? I mean, over since I think you said 1993, I'm not calculating right now, but I think that is about 37 years. If you look at the landscape over time and the client's that you've seen, have you seen a lot change with the needs of people or do you feel like it's really similar and consistent, the same things that people are looking for? Well, I, I think that um, people are generally looking for financial success, mm -hmm. financial freedom, uh, in, including me. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the the landscape that we have to use um, you know, going back to what I was talking about earlier, the traditional way of thinking, throw everything into your 401k, um, you know, and, and hope and pray that that's the best thing to do. Um, I'm a big believer in there's not one specific product um, that's going to get you where you want to go. It's it's more the the how and why you do things versus the where. 
Um, that's awesome. And that's changed a lot. Uh, thank God we're, we're seeing that change every day. You know, I, I talk to a lot of clients who say, Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Well, compared to what, what's the plan look like? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we don't really have a plan. We're just buying this or doing this. That's the problem. Mm. Uh, you, you actually said a lot of really key things right there. And one was that we need a plan. Another thing that you said is that the landscape has changed, but most people want financial freedom, including me. And I think what's really interesting about that is that, I mean, the reason that anyone goes into business, the reason that anyone starts an entrepreneurship endeavor, the reason anyone invests in a one real estate property or 20 or builds a whole portfolio of investments, the reason for any of that is that we're wanting this position of financial freedom. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily even um, define exactly what that is. I would say financial freedom is a place where you have income from assets that's more than your monthly expenses, like Robert Kiyosaki would say, as you're breaking out of the rat race. I'm, I'm really familiar with this game. We just actually are teaching our nine-year-old daughter and we were working on that again over Christmas break. So um, the idea of having passive income, which again, we would call that asset-based income, but this whole idea of how do I maximize my financial potential financial potential. That's hard to say. How do I make sure that I have a plan, not just a product or worse, a smattering, a haphazard assortment of financial products? Well, this one guy said, this insurance is the best for me. This one person said, this is an amazing investment. This person said, here's your 401k, invest in this. Oh, what should I put my 401k in? I don't know. This person says this particular fund is the best. And so we're just kind of hodgepodge or a lot of people end up in that position where they're they're disconnected all their pieces of their financial life are not working together in a streamlined plan to accomplish that specific goal of time and money freedom. So what do you feel like are some of the big problems for people that are maybe the traps or the things that we feel are <clears throat> the, the things that are not contributing to financial freedom? You said kind of the, the typical way of putting money into a 401k what about that is not helping them accomplish financial freedom, do you think? Well, I think everybody always says taxes. Well, taxes are a big thing. Um, I like the idea of knowing, you know, if I put my money here, what are the tax ramifications going to be down the road compared to today? I'm a big believer in, in you know, thinking, okay, well, if I'm going to climb the mountain, I've got to have a way to get back down. Mm-hmm. People don't plan for that. They plan going up, but they don't plan on coming down. And that's where people fail. <laughs> you know, yes. the, the, the whole thing behind having a strategy in place for income, you know, Bruce has actually taught me a lot about the strategies for income. And um, I think that's, that's a big play right there is making sure that that's in place. Yes, Scott, I think that's great. You know, I I think when people look at planning, they think they have to get everything down on a piece of paper and they have to have their entire life planned out for the the next 30 years. Um, But I always tell people, you know, life gets in the way over those next 30 years. So don't get discouraged if the plan has to to change slightly. Um, But you do have to have uh, goals and aspirations and some discipline to get to where you want to go. And that is why working with a financial professional, it, it's like the, the checkup going to the doctor all the time. You know, it, it forces you to put numbers on a piece of paper. It forces you to reevaluate 
where you are in your life, you know, with the children, whether you have another child, whether your child wants to go to school, whether you want to continue working, we're big proponents of, you know, setting your life up to continue to work, whether you want, and you and you and I both are big protection uh, advocates, you know, to make sure that this plan is going to happen no matter what happens in a person's life uh, concerning disability, concerning death, so on and so forth. So uh, can you walk us through, you know, like the, the beginning of a meeting, you're great at asking questions. So can you walk us through like the beginning of a meeting when you first uh, sit down with a, with a person and, and their family? Well, yeah, I, I like to know, you know, so why are we here today? Um, you know, I'm a financial person, but you really don't know much about me. Um, so my question to them is, what can I do for you? You know, if we went out five years and looked back, what, what does our relationship have to look like in order for you to say we're, we're successful working together? Mm. Um, I like to get people kind of to come out of their shell, tell me a little bit more than, you know, than just saying, well, we want financial freedom. Well, we all do. But what does that really truly look like for you? Um, mm. Good. Do, do you have a plan in place? Let's take a look at it. Do you like the people you work with? You know, my job is not to come in and disrupt relationships that you have already. It's to add to those. Um, I think success planning is like a fine-tuned machine. Um, you know, it's, I love to use the added on football teams. If you have two football teams playing each other, and one of them has really fantastic players, but a horrible coaching staff. And the other team has second to, you know, second best players, but a phenomenal coaching staff. Which one's going to win the game all the time? And the reason is because they find out where the gaps are. Well, I like to know what those gaps are with everybody I meet with. And, you know, I, I just love asking questions. It's like, what what is what does financial success mean to you? You know, I, I want them to ask me that question. Hey, Scott, what does it mean to you? Well, it means to me that we want to create the max wealth, be able to spend and enjoy it throughout our lifetime, then pass it on to our loved ones after we die and have this happen under any circumstances. Do you feel that your life is on track for that right now? 99% of the time, the answer is no. So let's work on that to, to at least achieve that. That's excellent. And I love that you brought up asking questions, Bruce, because I know that we have seen just a tremendous amount of strength in the way that you ask great, great questions. And I think that is sometimes one of the most important roles of a coach, a financial coach, a coach in a team, and also a financial professional is not that we're giving the information or that we're telling someone what to do, but really asking questions to figure out the lay of the land first, figure out what their strengths are, what they are doing and where they exactly want to go. And I think, Scott, that's one of the number one reasons why you're so excellent at building that relationship because we realize or the client realizes as they come in that conversation with you that this is not just about one size fits all. Here's what we always recommend. Here's the one way we design policies. Here's the one investment for you. Here's your one track 
for accomplishing those goals, I think it's really important for us to know where we're going. And like you talked about, it's different language around the same idea of, um, I loved how you said maximize wealth, spend and enjoy it, pass on as much wealth to loved ones as possible, and have that happen in the widest range of circumstances. I think that language just really helps somebody to lock in on all the most important pieces that maybe they feel, but don't necessarily always know how to articulate. And if you don't know how to articulate where you're going, it's really hard to have a path to get there. And that's probably why people end up in this position where their financial life is not on track to reach it. So I really love how you ask those questions. Go ahead. I think one of the problems that I see more than anything else is for some reason, people are taught to live in a scarcity mindset. Yes. So they're making decisions based on reaction instead of living through abundance thinking and being in control. And what I mean by that is every single, well, there's no 100% in life, but let's call it most of the clients we work with have a 401k. Why? Because everybody else does. Mm -hmm. And so they talk about it around the cooler, you know, at work. How's your 401k working out for you? Well, it's doing great. Well, how are you invested in it? Well, I'm invested this way. When the question needs to become, you know, is, is your retirement success based on a positive roll of the dice? And if it is, can we really truly call it a retirement plan? That's so, that's so great. And I think the reason that um, we are inundated by scarcity mindset from the media all the time, because the flight and f- uh, fright and flight uh, reaction in our brain actually is the shortest um, to get us react. Mm. And so I was watching the news last night and they were doing a feel good story about how somebody uh, lost their home um, to a fire on Christmas. Mm. And so somebody actually gave them, somebody else gave them a $3,000 check, which, which was his entire check. And after the story, the, um, the, the newsman comes on and says, we really like doing those kind of stories. And my first reaction is, no, you don't, because if you really like doing those kind of stories, <laughs> that's what—that's the only thing you would do. You would just do those types of stories. But they do one of those stories a, a broadcast, and they do all the negative stuff. Oh, look at the COVID numbers. Look at the economy crashing. Look at the look at the uh, gloom and gloom in the election. Mm-hmm. You know, and because they know through market research that our our minds are wired to pay attention to that. Because yeah, imagine the news that, was all feel-good stories. Who would even turn it on, right? <laughs> right. So that and and it's a it's the same thing when when uh, people are around the water cooler, Scott. You know, it's it's kind of that casino the casino mindset. I always tell people when I have friends that go to the casino, they never tell you when they lose. They only tell you when they win. So when you're around the the uh, water cooler at work, it's only oh look at how how smart I am with my four hundred one k. They don't they don't dare say. Oh boy, I messed up and I lost, you know, 40% of my 401k this past. Or they always tell you, hey, I bought this stock and, you know, outside of my 401k and it did really well. They don't tell you, oh, I also bought this stock and I lost almost 100% of it. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, and this is just human nature. Mm-hmm. One is, is uh, we, we, we feel embarrassed um, that we do have these experiences. We're not willing to share. And that's why we want, 
when we talk to people, and Scott, I know you're really good at it because we talk about that. When we talk to people, we want people to be in a comfortable environment to be able to share those kind of things. You know, Rachel and I have been on the podcast and we've had the podcast um, of how to, how to lose money podcast. Mm-hmm. And it, it is the whole idea is to get business professionals or, or everyday people on to tell everybody else, yes, we're successful now, but we lost a lot of money at one time. And that's and okay. there was a learning. There was a lesson in that right, that I needed lessons. to build the success. And I don't know how many times, Scott, I, I would I like for you to comment on this is how many times people are reluctant or almost embarrassed to say, and they, are, and they preface it by saying, I know I should have done this differently, or I know I should have started this a long time ago. Um, you've had experiences like that, I'm sure. We, we hear it all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, even, even what, what is in their mind as being success. You know, I don't even know why I'm talking to you, Scott. I think we've done really fantastic. Well, there's obviously a reason that we're, we're talking because there's something missing. And, you know, I, I, think, I think what people are missing is the, feel, the, the touchy-feely stuff. You know, if, you're, if you want me to come out and tell you how wonderful you're doing, that's not me. That, that's not who I am. I'll tell you, hey, you're doing a great job. You're saving 8%, 10% of your income. But if you simply do the math, you could be way ahead. And the one thing that I think people miss is that every financial decision that they have to make, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, annually, has a direct impact on every other decision they have to make. Mm-hmm. And this is your eroding factors you were talking about earlier. And we look back through the year and what we needed a refrigerator. So what did we do? We took money out of our retirement account. We needed a car. We needed a down payment on the house for the kid. These are all mistakes that people make. And they need to understand, you know, what's going to happen when they make them. Um, I think uh, Rachel and I have had this conversation several times about financing everything that we buy. Mm-hmm. And the answer is, yes, we do, because we either spend cash and lose the earning ability on that cash, or we borrow people's money and pay them interest for the use of it. These are all things that most people just don't even think of. I think it's really interesting because coming back to the scarcity idea, we all kind of think money is this finite pie. And what I have is the income that I make. And I just think about how to portion that out into maybe allocating it. Here's this money for savings, this money for groceries, this money for gas, this money for my mortgage payment. And then it's gone. When it's gone, it's gone. But an abundance thinking perspective is saying not only how do I use the money that I have well, but how do I create more of it? And how do I maximize the use of all these dollars? So Scott, how do you specifically see, because I I just love the whole conversation, this idea of the opportunity cost and financing everything that you buy. I think those are missing concepts that they seem maybe to the average person just, you know, okay, well, maybe it, it just seems too confusing or complicating. And how can I really use that information to make better decisions? So Scott, what would you say to the person who might be asking that question right now and saying, okay, I get it. If I use my cash in my bank account, I can't earn interest anymore on that money. 
And if I go take a loan or put something on a credit card to pay for it, then I'm going to have to pay interest. So, but what is the better way? What is the way to figure out how to be in control and maximize your financial potential? Well, I think um, I think the answer to that is number one to maintain control. You know what? What do what do the wealthy do? Well, they never give up control of their money. Um, there's always opportunities out there. It could be a business venture. It could be a piece of real estate. It could be a partnership going into business with your brother, your father, whatever. And then the question becomes, do I have to borrow money to go after that venture? Or do I have my money sitting someplace right now where I can tap into it to take advantage of that opportunity? Well, those are all questions that have to come up before Mm -hmm. making this decision to put money into something, you know, and I, I hate to talk about products just in general, but one of the things that I personally love about life insurance, and I know people don't like those two words, but here's the real, the reality here is if you could have something to where, you know, what are we doing with retirement? Well, we're throwing a rock out into a field as far as we can and we're trying to find the very best route to take to get to that rock. That's reality. So what does life insurance do? It gives us tax favorable places to put money that we can tap into today for other opportunities. And oops, I got in a car accident and died. And now it's self-completing for my family. Those two things alone, if I could take the words life insurance out of the equation, I would put as much money as I possibly could, not into it, but through it. Mm. And that's what people need to understand about, uh, you know, the, the product itself is there's buying life insurance, putting money into it, which is term. And then there's buying life insurance, using it as a financial tool to run money through and take it out the other side for growth. And I'd love to ask people, how many places out there, your IRAs, every place else, can you put money into? And if you became disabled, now somebody's going to put it in there for you. (laughs) Not not in the places, right. (laughs) But with life insurance, it can through a waiver premium rider. And that's something that we always think about making sure that we at least talk to people about and usually include on policies that we work with. Absolutely. And it's a dimensional thing. It's like, you know, if I'm going to look at my IRA, how many different benefits do I get with my IRA? Mm-hmm. Maybe two. You know, I get to save taxes today to pay them at a, at a higher rate, possibly later, possibly. And that's the thing lower. you don't know. You don't know what don't it's going know. to be in the future. I love to ask people, you know, hey, we're going to play a game of Monopoly. And I reserve the right to change the rules in the game we're playing to make sure that you never get ahead. I'm always ahead. Will you play that game with me? No. <laughs> You're too smart. <laughs> but everybody's doing it. Right. Because the IRS is the, the, the other player that reserves the right to change the rules, and that's taxes. <laughs> yeah, there's two, uh, let's, there's two things I like just to bring up for the listeners. Um, you can simply Google uh, early withdrawal from tax deferred accounts and you will see the, a multiple list of, of reports of how much 
the United States citizens actually take out of their tax deferred accounts prematurely and also get an additional penalty. So they've given up control so much that they actually have an additional penalty. In 2015, I think the number was was um, $69 billion that was taken out to a penalty of $6.9 billion uh, windfall for the United States government. Um, if they were, that's why I like you. Cause I, I cannot remember the number. I just, in my mind, it's an inordinately high number and it yeah. is extremely alarming. And the reason it's so crazy is that there's this penalty. They're paying this extra 10% penalty to use the money in a way that was never intended to be used. They didn't put this money into retirement plan for the sake of using it for emergencies, yet they're using it for the emergency and taking away from the actual plan that they're trying to accomplish. Anyway, sorry. Rachel, that's <laughs> why I like him too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing about it is, is that I am not, I am not saying that a person should not have some money in a deferred account. And I can show you how actually mathematically having a small amount in a deferred account might make some sense in your particular situation, but we have to look at your particular situation. Absolutely. And one of the reasons it might make sense is uh, the IRS does give you a deduction, a standard deduction. So if you're in retirement, if you could have a, if you can actually defer some taxes into the future and then just take out some of it to offset the, 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 the standard deduction, you can actually end up paying zero in taxes, even in a, in a tax deferred. But if you put a bunch of it in there, you're actually going to have to go over the standard deduction. And that's what Scott's talking about. And then pay at whatever rate the government decides to pay. And the one thing that I know our listeners a lot of times are thinking, the little man in their head saying, yeah, but I'm going to be in a high tax bracket now and I'm going to be in a lower tax bracket when I retire. And I always say to them, uh, is that what you want? Do you want to be in a lower tax bracket when you retire? And people will say, well, yes. Well, yeah, but that means you're probably um, actually live, having a lower standard of a living. With less income. And I've been doing this for a long time. And unless you actually, the tax brackets are so wide, unless you actually do a, an analysis of what you're possibly going to be living on in retirement, you're probably still within that tax bracket. You haven't gone down in the tax bracket. And let's be clear as well. Tax brackets have not always stayed the same. And who reserves the right to change those rules whenever they want to? So Correct. you don't even know that the tax bracket landscape that you're looking at today is going to be the one in 20 years when you retire. Yeah. And that 10% and right. penalty is another opportunity cost that we, that we talk about all the time. Loss. And, and I think I mentioned this on one podcast before. Opportunity cost is a hard concept for a lot of people to understand. And I, and I have a hard time explaining it to some people. Uh, but, but one client said to me, oh, what you're saying is I've lost the opportunity to make money on my money. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to say that from now on. You know, you just simply, it's, a, it's the opportunity that you lost to make money on your money into the future. Mm-hmm. And another, That's very well said. Yeah. Another good example is, you know, uh, what Scott was talking about, easy to, to hit this concept again. You know, young people today, um, you know, I was just having a um, dinner with a, a, a 30 year old and he was talking about how he doesn't have a job right now, but he goes out and buys, you know, some headphones that were like 540, you know, dollars. And he was talking about how great they were wirelessly and blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, you know, that same person, if he would have taken that $540 and invested it, 
or saved it into a place that he's making something or built a business with it and then use the cash flow off of that particular investment or business to buy the headphones, mm-hmm. that would make a heck of a lot more sense. But he, he simply just took it out of his checking account and lost the opportunity to make money on that money for the rest of his life. You well, know, it's like the million dollar education. <laughs> right. I, exactly. I read a I read a white paper a while back that about the million dollar education. You know, I take a hundred thousand or eighty thousand of, of my money and I pay for my my kids' education. What did it cost me? Well, mm-hmm. it didn't cost me just the cost of the education, but it cost me what my money could have earned over a thirty year period. Now it got real expensive. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's just so interesting because. I am a human. You guys are human just as much as anybody else. And I have to tell you, there are times when you just really want that thing that you know you can buy. And it feels like the weirdest thing in the world and the hardest thing. And it can even be super emotional to not buy the thing that you really want that you can afford. However, if we step back and take two steps back and we look at the whole landscape and we say, how can I do this the smartest way possible? Then what you're saying, Bruce, makes complete logical sense. It just doesn't always feel good emotionally in the moment. But if we realize we can step back, not buy the thing we want right now, invest that money into something that will continue to pay for that time and time again, you're then building financial freedom. You're building a legacy for yourself. You're building a legacy for your kids and future generations. You're, you're changing the wiring of your brain to be really excited about what you save and what you invest. And the after effect or the result of that is that you also get everything that you really wanted in the first place, but we just kind of have to change the lens or the perspective shifting from what that thing is that we want right now. And going about it in a much more productive way. Yeah, I, I would just like to say that this is this is a concept that the Austrians understand about saving first, um, <clears throat> sound money habits. And a lot of people might be listening to podcasts saying, now, wait a minute, aren't you guys getting to a scarcity mindset? And, and I would say, of course, I'm, I'm going to say no, we're not, because we want to invest and make money, and we believe we're going to make money on the investments. <clears throat> or on the savings programs that we're doing. Um, and then we're going to spend money on the cash flow, you know, go, or, or going, um, going forward or spend the, the cash flow going forward. It's the difference between what I always say is I don't like the word budget because budget is, is telling people what you can't have. Mm-hmm. I like to word, use the word cash flow awareness because mm-hmm. we want you to simply be aware that if you can invest in something and you can have cash flow all, all off of it, then you can actually get what you want from that. And you don't have the eroding factors of the interest you're giving up. Just like the United States is giving up, going to be giving up tremendous amount of interest and all this money we're borrowing for all these programs right now. And so we're, our GDP will actually, will actually stagnate because most of the money is going towards interest payments, just mm-hmm. like in a, in a person's personal economy. You know, if you have credit card debt of 30, 40, 50, you know, $1,000 and you're paying $1,200, $1,500, $1,600 of interest every month, that is money that you're paying out that you can't be using to invest on something else or not growing somewhere else. It's the oh, same. Absolutely. Absolutely thing. So as we, as we get into the, the good part of this podcast, um, which I think everybody wants to hear is, Scott, 
Let's talk about one or two memorable cases that you've had over your career that, you know, people really, you, you worked with a person and they really, you know, the light bulb came on and you really liked working with them and they, and they really had a, a, a defining moment in their life. Um, I think it would be my favorite case. I met with this couple in Denver and really, really fantastic people. Absolutely brilliant couple of engineers. And they were both working in the computer industry and um, they were maximizing their 401ks, you know, putting, I mean, this was years back. So it was to the tune of $15,000, $16,000. And they were living in a two bedroom uh, condo. And in my, my fact finding questions that I asked, I said, how do you guys like, you know, where you live? Oh, we hate it. And it set me back in my chair and then why are you doing it? Well, because we want our expenses as low as possible so that we can maximize our 401k plan. And these people were in their, you know, late forties. And I think they had, they both had five or 600,000 in their 401k plans. And I said, um, you guys travel. And they said, well, we do when we can. We're both avid road cyclists. And I said, oh, great. You know, where do you guys ride? Well, we love going to Arizona. So I had their, their questionnaire in front of me, not, and I knew that they didn't have a property in Arizona, but I asked them to tell me about their property in Arizona. And they kind of chuckled and they said, well, we don't have a property in Arizona. And I said, yet. So I said, here, get your legal pad out. This is your number one thing to do homework wise. I want you to get a realtor lined up in Arizona. And here is your budget that you're going to use to go buy your property in Arizona. We're not going to self-direct an IRA with it because you want to use it and so forth and so on. So that's the first thing they did. And um, the very next week I met with them, they actually did this and they came back to me and they said, okay, now how are we going to fund this thing? And I said, well, let's make a list of what that realtor, real, uh, real estate property is going to do for you benefit wise and what your 401k is going to do for you. So the, the list on the real estate side was about three times as long as the 401k side. And I just asked them, I said, okay, tell me, let's talk about the fun factor of what you're doing. Are you enjoying all that money that's going into your 401k? When, you, when your, your paycheck comes and you see that deposit, do you guys celebrate? You know, was it a fun thing to do? And they said, oh, gosh, no, we, we absolutely despise it. And I said, well, how come? Well, because we can't get to it. We can't do anything with it. We got to take double taxation if we borrow from it. I mean, the list is a mile long. And I said, okay, so let's go reduce your 401k contributions down to just the company match just by doing this. Inherently, you're, you're increasing the rate of return dramatically. And let's take the difference and go buy this property in Arizona. 
And so they did this and they said, well, what's next? And it's, well, how much money you have left over after reducing the 401k plan? And, you know, they had, I don't know, $15,000, $20,000. And I said, well, let's see what happens if we run that through a banking strategy, picking up the death benefit on a life insurance policy first. So if something happens to either one of you, the other one has the property in Arizona paid for. Two years later, they put their daughter in their condo to rent it to her. And they built a brand new house in Denver. So cool. I'm so, like getting chills thinking about this. Like you're helping them really accomplish their dream. So, yeah. So all of this just took place. And it was it was a really, really fun case to do. And, you know, I, I love helping people like that coming, you know, and, and everything they had available to them was right there. It just took opening their eyes a little bit and seeing the paths that are available. Mm. I think that's the value <clears throat> of having an advisor or a coach to be able to look at what you have and see it in a different way, whether it's see your skill set in a different way, see your, in this case, your financial resources that maybe are finite at this time, how to see them in an abundant way, and how to use them differently to accomplish what you really want to accomplish. I think that's just so fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. I think that is definitely something that anyone can put themselves in the shoes of those particular clients and realize that that was a tremendous transformation for them. It was fun. That's awesome. We do not have much time left, but do you have any other cases that you want to share? Um, no, I'm kind of long-winded when it comes to going That's through okay. my cases. And Bruce, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's um, let's leave this for um, the future. Um, one of the things I think would be very helpful in the future is Scott is really adept at using some of uh, some calculators. And we, we often get questions about, you know, well, why wouldn't I want to, you know, uh, maximize my 401k because I'm getting a tax, you know, advantage now um, and I'm going to pay less taxes in the future. And uh, he's really good at that. So maybe we can have him on in the future and we could do some little live calculators, which, which would be fun. We could talk through those and it'll, it'll be really good for the podcast. Oh, well, that's a really good idea. I'll, Scott, I'll talk to you about that afterwards and we'll see if that's something that you'd like to do. But I think um, just really very interesting to be able to sort through the math and the logical, factual financial decisions. What is the best way to use my money to maximize not only the amount that I can spend today, but the amount that I'm saving and investing, the amount that I'm able to protect and keep and harbor or shelter from erosion so that I can maximize my income in the future. Just a tremendous way of thinking about engineering your financial life in a way that helps you accomplish your goals. So I think- Let me throw something out there real fast. Oh yeah, go ahead. Just to close out my thing today, I guess. Yeah. I get asked the question all the time, why should I reduce my 401k contribution down to the company match? And I'm a, I'm a big advocate of the KISS principle. Keep it simple. So here's something for the listeners to uh, just think about. 
without a rate of return, if I put $15,000 into a 401k and the company matches three, so I put in 15 at the end of year one, I've got 18, that's a 20% rate of return. If I put in 3,000 and the company matches me three, so I put in three and we have six, what's the rate of return? It's that simple. And wouldn't that be 100% rate of return, by the way? Correct. <laughs> Just wanted to close the loop on that. So yeah. <laughs> 20%, 100%. You do the math. <laughs> That's excellent. And, you know, I, I love being able to share those numbers as well, just because it's so valuable to really think through logically what is happening, not just the emotional side of our money, but the logical side. And that doesn't mean we're always going to make the most logical decisions, but it does mean when we're confronted with or we see the reality, the logic of our math, our money decisions and what the math ends up like in the future, we can say, well, do I still want to do that or do I want to find a different way or a better way? So that is a very simple way of explaining something that I would have taken a way longer time to explain. So Scott, thank you (laughs) very much on that. You're very welcome. Awesome. So I wanted just to thank you so much, Scott, for joining us today. I think this conversation was extremely valuable and extremely eye-opening for anyone who really does want to get in control of their financial life, specifically in this new year of 2021. We have the past behind us and we have a whole lifetime ahead to be able to make great decisions. So what's also really interesting is that we, we did mention life insurance today. That's one piece of a much bigger journey. That is one aspect or one element. Of course, you're going to have investments as well. Often when you're putting money through a life insurance policy, that means you're putting money through it to use for other investments. That's called privatized banking or infinite banking. We do a lot of that work as well. But ultimately, our goal is to provide you with the education so that you have the clarity to figure out how do I have most control and the most cash flow possible. Now, when you book an appointment with our Money Advantage advisor team, you can do that at themoneyadvantage.com. And when it takes you to the calendar link, you'll be asked a few questions, and then you can book right on our calendar to have a 30-minute conversation with our advisors. Now, the great news is we have an advisor team, and whoever you're working with, because of our model, our teamwork model, you have access to our entire team. So you might be meeting with one person, but you also have the knowledge and the resources of everyone else on our advisor team. And in addition to that, our family office model, which includes resources in every area of your financial life, because our goal really is to be that one coordinating piece that connects all the other elements of your financial life so that when you make a financial decision that impacts all your other decisions, it's the right financial decision to help you accomplish your goals. It's the right type of mortgage. It's the right financing. It's the right potential refinance on something. It's the right tax strategy. It's the right... um, insurance for your automobiles and your business insurance. It is really the right thinking in every area of your financial life so that you can do everything better and maximize your income and maximize your money. So go ahead and book an appointment on our calendar if you're ready to have that conversation and really dig into doing things differently in your financial life this year. And in um, addition, I will just go ahead and let you know that we have some show notes on themoneyadvantage.com. We also have a free resource if you want to dig in and find out more about privatized banking that we've been talking about today with life insurance. And that is at privatizedbankingsecrets.com. We also have a course if you really want to dig in and understand how that works. 
And we would love to be a part of your journey and your process to accomplishing your financial goals. Bruce, anything you want to share before we close out? Well, I just think it's always great if people uh, follow us on YouTube. They also would subscribe and like us on YouTube on and, and on the podcast. Anything we can, uh, anybody would like to help us share the message to people, we would greatly appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. And you can also rate us on iTunes. We would love to hear your feedback that way. And if you have specific questions for us, we have two ways that you can ask us questions. You can go to the website, themoneyadvantage.com. At the top, there's a button that says, send us a voice message. You can send us a voicemail there and ask us your direct question, or you can email us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com. We love building this tribe. We love building financial freedom together with you guys. And it is our honor and pleasure to be able to serve you. In closing, thank you, Scott, for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. And, it, and thank you to anyone who is listening today. And in closing, remember, success leaves clues. Model the successful few, not the crowd, and build a life and business you love. Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. We've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now, and we'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on themoneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated and registered investment advisor, both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.